We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the show. IB Nation Sports Talk is up and rolling. Great to have you with us today. It's uh, very spirited, I see, already in the YouTube <laughs> chat room. We've got Bobby right. Hensley back in the house. It's been a while since we've been together. Well, you left me for a week with Vince, and, and right? we had a blast, and then I couldn't... I, I wanted Vince again. It was you last you just, week, so I had to step out. I wasn't you, ready for you yet. You couldn't get over it. You couldn't have me coming back too soon. Were you at the... Did you go to... I didn't even ask. Did you go to the NASCAR race last week in Michigan? Is that where I, you were? Yeah. The last two weekends, I went to Indy and Michigan for NASCAR. Oh, wow. Wow. I remember part time. of it. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> you look like you little get, get a little sun on your face there. Anyway, so uh, always, uh, always good to be back with you. Of course, even you know whether we lie about it or not. <laughs> I saw uh, Tommy Guns forty four. I was scrolling through some of the chat stuff. He said he was in Nashville for Tuesday's show. He was in Waco yesterday, and he's going to be in Des Moines tonight, or he's in Des Moines tonight for about six hours. So Tommy Guns making it a uh, cross country affair. This week, listening to IB Nation Sports Talk. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, you're old, so I know the internet's kind of tough for you, but you can watch <laughs> from anywhere. I know you don't watch Better Call Saul, but there was, uh, you know, an Ask Jeeves reference on the show <laughs> this week. That, you know, that kind of tells you, you know, like speaking of, of uh, you know, the internet and your friend and dated and all that kind of good stuff. Carol Burnett with a, with a, guest appearance in these last few episodes only one more episode to go so kind of kind of gonna get misty about that next week but uh, before we go any further don't forget hit the like button if you would rate review subscribe all that good stuff this is the place <laughs> to be with just 23 days to go until notre dame and ohio state kick off the season September then we have 4th. real content <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got real content right now. You know, we've had real content all week, and Brian didn't do a show earlier today. So, this is the Irish breakdown show of the day. So, glad to have glad to have you with us. Uh, Maze AK will Saul get caught? You know, we don't want you know too many spoilers, spoilers. Now, but <laughs> I, um, I'm going back and forth on this. I don't think he's going to get caught, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. That's just my personal 
opinion, but you know, that's based on kind of like how the show ended with a little teaser at the end of last week. All right. One quick question about this show. Is it better okay. than Breaking Bad or is it on par with it even? Because I haven't watched it's, either. It's it's definitely on par. It's different. You know, there are, there are some people who say that Better Call Saul exceeded Breaking Bad. It's, you know, there are obviously similarities with characters and kind of, the you know, the way some plots have gone and stuff like that. But it's different enough that, you know, they're depending on what style of show you like, you could definitely say it's better. I don't know that it's better. To me, they're two really, really good shows, you know, done by basically the same people, Vince Gilligan and, and Peter Gold. So, yeah, I'd rather watch Lost, but that's just me. <laughs> I mean, you know, we can always do a Lost rewatch as well. <laughs> um, so had a little bit of Notre Dame football practice this morning, you know, not a lot. It was one of those five period practices, um, which is, you know, it's pretty much 99% position drills <laughs> when we go to the five period practices. One detail that stands out to me a week into Marcus Freeman's first training camp, I, you, I, this should come as no surprise, but the guy just spends so much time like during the stretching part at the beginning going through you know, walking around, talking to players, chatting it up, shaking hands of the players before they come on the field, that kind of stuff. You know, it's it's a pretty stark contrast from a guy who used to fold his arms a lot and just kind of stand around, I guess, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah just that's the right. arms look. That's the pose right there. That's the pose yeah. right there. The clipboard guy. No, practice is, is, is a weird thing because you go through position drills, but even like at a combine – you're looking at guys that are running 40 yard dashes, but it's way different in game speed with pads on than it would be, you know, on the field. It's interesting because, like, the whole Tyreek Hill and Usain Bolt had that back and forth on who was quicker there for a while. And it's way different with pads on versus just running straight speed, you know. But it's like, how much can you actually learn from drills and just watching? It's, it's just you're so ready for the season to start that it's something yep. to watch and it's something. Yep. That's it. We've got a big, uh, Full practice coming up next week, and that'll be our last full practice viewing opportunity. So we'll get a chance to see a full one next week, and then that's going to be it before the season starts. So that'll be our really last chance, you know, to make any real, you know, draw any real conclusions and that kind of stuff. I I hope we're going to get to see some live things, but, um, you know, just kind of a quick, you know, here's some some things that I saw today. Um, Observations. so, yeah, I saw some guys taking punts off the Jugs gun. Chris Tyree, Jabron Payne, um, Matt Salerno, Jade Mickey, Brandon Joseph, all back there. You know, and again, they're just basically practicing. You know, they put the ball in the machine. They shoot it out. Just practicing making the catches, you know, so no returns or anything like that. You know, nothing nothing beyond that to see. Uh, watch the quarterbacks throw a little. A lot of short passes. Um, Tyler Buckner. Breaking news still has the same throwing mechanics. You know, speaking of spoilers, still has the same throwing mechanics that he did last week and a week earlier as well. But uh, he's still consistently hitting the targets as well. So you know that'll that you know I I know a lot of people are you know up in arms about the throwing motion and all that kind of stuff right now. That'll only become a story if you know he is inaccurate during the season. I think that. Some of his issues last year had more to do with the fact that he was basically just a package quarterback and not, you know, going through 
you know, full practice type situations for a lot of things, you know, in the season, because it was basically just whatever his package was. Right. And then there's also something he's running for his life last year, yeah, well, trying to avoid too. himself and, and, you know, getting some of that. And, you know, a good line makes an OK quarterback really good and a really good quarterback makes an OK line look really good. So, like, what you're looking at, it's a, you're, the mechanics, does anybody really – like, I know that there's a certain way to throw a ball, but obviously he's gotten this far. He got recruited. He's going to be in a team that's already going to be considered for the playoffs. So, obviously he's good enough to be recruited by them and be put in the position. So the mechanics aren't necessarily important because you can't change them. Between 23 days, you said. There's no way you can change them the next 23 days. So what I think you need to look for is a way that they can not package, but like just make him more viable, make him more useful. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. DT uh, Roll Hunter. I still don't know how to say this. D Troll Hunter? DT Roll Hunter? I don't know. Every throw recorded today was in the chest. That would be accurate based on what we saw. Uh, There was a Deion Colsey drop you know, on one of the passes, you know, so, you know, like if you're charting completions and incompletions and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, but again, he's, he's looked really accurate so far, regardless of what you want to say about, you know, his uh, maybe not completely orthodox uh, delivery uh, running backs. They did the gauntlet drill. You know, that's the thing where they, you know, they run through the, the, uh, the, the, the padded thing with the arms on it and all that stuff against some resistance. Uh, walk-on running back Sam Asaf, who has about the same build as Vince Vaughn from the movie Rudy. You remember, you know, the, the you know, <laughs> running back. Uh, Sam got stuck in the gauntlet once, and he had to kind of back his way out. And then all his his running back teammates were going, "Lower your shoulder, lower your pad level, Sam." And then he got through when he when he dropped his shoulders and and got through it. So that which was, is going to you know, be the most embarrassing moment of this training camp, isn't it? Or the spring or whatever you want to call it, the, the practice leading up to this, a guy getting stuck in a drill. Yeah. Yikes. That's yeah. why he's a walk on. Mm-hmm. Well, a few years ago, 
Um, Cam McDaniel went through the gauntlet backwards, and that became an issue. So yeah, but he was the uh, most beautiful man on the the history of Notre Dame's program. That's Remember true. That you know, every everyone thinks about that what looks like a pose with his helmet off. That's right. Uh, yeah. And then after practice, we got to talk with offensive line coach Harry Heastand. Excuse me, Harry Heastand and Jarrett Patterson and Josh Lug. Uh, no surprise, Heastan kept the linemen on the field for about an extra 15 minutes after practice, going over you know more detail and technique and all that kind of stuff. And then we got to talk to Harry for about seven and a half minutes by the time he came in for the media. So he kept the team on the field for about twice as much time as we actually got to talk to him afterwards. But I've got a, a Harry Heastan notebook coming out. He shared a lot of thoughts about a lot of uh, you know his different pupils uh, so you'll be able to find that at irish breakdown here uh, in the very near future i don't think it's offensive line yet. offensive line one of those positions that like everybody it's not a sexy position that people i mean they call it unskilled kind of but it's just it's one of the most important positions because on the nfl team the second highest paid guy is always the left tackle on the offense you know you want to right. protect your quarterback and it's just it's always fun to see actually those guys get kind of talked about and and hopefully it's better than last year. At least it should, it's more positive vibe right now about the offensive line than it was at this time last year. Yeah. Uh, USMA 87, HH a little testy too. He was. He was a little like he wanted to get he, he wanted to get going. He had no time for it. It's like, I'm here to coach football. I'm here to coach this offensive line. I, I don't have time for any of this. Um, but one thing Jarrett Patterson was talking about was like, you know, the, the difference – Having Harry Heastand, he didn't get to play for him in the spring. Patterson didn't because of his injury, but he was talking about how they are, you know, just one, the difference in technique, you know, like regardless of if it's a one-yard run or a 99-yard run, if you don't get the technique right, Harry Heastand is going to be on you. You know, that is that is number one. But also, they talked about during their position stuff, how much live stuff they're doing to get them ready like they're they're going to practice at game tempo is what they're talking about so like they were they were practicing combo um blocks today and what they were talking about is the average play lasts about five seconds so they were doing it like five seconds you know you you know you do this combo block two guys on one five seconds full speed with the defensive you know whoever the defensive line guy is coming at them full speed and you know then it's like okay next guy's in you're going to go full speed, you know, so they're, they're talking, he's, he was talking about how much more intense it is under Harry Heastan than Jeff Quinn, just in terms of what they're doing in their position drills. So a lot of really encouraging things already, you know, even if we didn't get to hear a lot of it from Harry, at least we uh, were imparted that wisdom from Jarrett Patterson, who's making that move from center to left guard this season. Yeah. I mean, you got a non BS guy. There's what you got. He, yes. he wants you to, hit the ground running and he wants he wants game speed he wants you to be ready which you got to respect that I mean that's got to be only good things for a group that I mean you can go technique all you want and you can you know try to go slow but like if you're not doing it you're not going to get better at it and the more reps and the more that they work at it I think you and then the fact he might have been a little short after but the what do you what do you I mean he's an offensive line guy so <laughs> he's not used to his moment in the sun and I think that you know, that's a good look for him. I mean, you want a gritty guy there. 
That's exactly right. Drunk Vigo. I don't know what exactly this means. Sean Stires with a big voice. Okay. I'll, you know, I'll take that. Big You're voice. taking it as a compliment. So we're going to, we're going to start <laughs> yeah, that that's one. Right. That's right. <laughs> uh, big story of the week is the big 10 approaching um, finalizing its new TV contracts with CBS, NBC, and Fox. And what that means, you know, they were already with Fox, obviously, but the CBS and NBC parts of this, are very new. And so what that means is that after a 40-year relationship between ESPN and the Big Ten, the Big Ten will no longer be televised by the mothership when this deal is done. John Oranda, the Sports Business Journal, was the first to report that ESPN had officially pulled out of the Big Ten negotiations after saying no to the conference's final offer of a seven-year deal worth $380 million bucks per year. And so where it is, both NBC and CBS are going to reportedly pay $350 million a year to televise those Big Ten games. So here's what a typical Saturday will look like once all parties are involved. For the Big Ten perspective. Yes, for for, for the Big Ten. This is what a, like a Big Ten is what, what a Saturday is going to look like for the Big Ten. At noon, you're going to have the big noon kickoff on Fox. Uh, that's typically their feature game. At 3.30 Eastern time, there's going to be a Big Ten game on CBS. And then there's going to be a primetime game on NBC. So three networks and three different Big Ten games on Saturday. Um, ESPN is predominantly going to be in the SEC business, although there there is still, you know, are still TV contracts to be done. You know, they're, they're going to have ACC football as well. And the Pac-12 and Big 12 are still possibilities out there and i would imagine that they will try to add at least one if not both of them in the future after you know losing out you know they gain the sec but they lose the big 10 um but they're still the big 10's also still working on a streaming package so there so there could be um some streaming coming eric pruitt said 350 each or all together no that is each both cbs and nbc are each going to pay three hundred and fifty million bucks Fox as well per year? And yes, well, Fo- I think Fox might be a little bit less, but still, they're yeah, all three yeah, right, each. And that's yeah. why you're right around a billion dollars a year, and that's why there, you know, there's all these talks about a hundred million dollar payouts per Big Ten school because of the fact that you're talking about a billion bucks per year in the whole rights package. Yeah. So I guess to start off with, uh, you know, well, <laughs> ESPN. Yeah, ESPN's 10-year deal with the SEC is going to start not next year, but the year after, and it's going to be in the $300 million range. So we're going to get to the Notre Dame side of this here in just a minute, but Bobby, just, you know, kind of your thoughts on on all this, first of all, with this big move, you know, that's we've been anticipating something. NBC kind of jumped in here late, and now NBC has decided that they're in the Big Ten football business. Well, NBC kind of, and we'll get into the Notre Dame stuff, but they were kind of the independent, right? They, I mean, they were tied to Notre Dame. So if they yeah. wanted to get in, they are going to have to pay for it. Um, and you say how long these co- these TV contracts are going to go for? Or do you just know that it's the 350? Yeah, that I'm not sure of the length yet. There's only so much stuff that's being, you know, we'll find out all whatever, that yeah. when everything is finalized and everything. But what, yeah. but it's just wild to me because I think in college football, five years ago, you never would have saw any of this coming. 
So why are like, I don't understand these, these big contracts when you don't like the streaming stuff, everything's going to end up on an app or a subscription, I should say, you know, you're going to get, you know, the big 10 or you can get whatever, or you can pay per game who knows where it's going. But the fact that you're putting so much money all together is just absolutely crazy. And you're looking at a Saturday where they're going to strategically place their games out. And I'm sure that ESPN and the SEC will look at their matchups and try to go against them. And Notre Dame obviously is a wild card in there, but that is just so much money. And it's, I guess it's good that everybody has a piece of the pie, but if you want to talk about NBC having a primetime game and you think it's going to be Northwestern versus Rutgers, I have a hard time believing (laughs) that big noon kickoff, especially if Fox is playing, paying a little bit less than NBC or CBS. I just have a hard time seeing the future of this not going towards, again, primetime on a Saturday and having the, the main game in there. Um, outside of that, it's just it's wild that I don't know how they're going to do their portfolio with all three networks. Once it becomes something that's just a streaming or a subscription-based thing, I wonder how that will all tie together. Yeah. But it, it right now, I obviously the NFL they're driving the cart. They have the most money, but football is what has everyone's attention. And college football is a really close number two to the NFL in terms of money. So every network has to have a piece of it. And the way they broke it down, we talked about conference realignment. You have the SEC and you have the Big Ten. You have to either get a part of it or you're going to be left out, and then you yeah. can't get in the game. Yeah, and now all three of the major networks or three of the major networks, three of the four major networks, obviously ABC being affiliated with ESPN, three of the four have a direct affiliation now with the Big Ten. So, you you know. um, There's not enough to pick off of, though. (laughs) Yeah. One question that Josh asked in the the YouTube chat, how does that affect Notre Dame home games that's on primetime also? I mean, that's yet to be determined. You know, know, one, one, Notre Dame and NBC have to come to an extension, you know, and, you know, a renewal of their contract, you know, but, and that's what we're going to talk about here in a second, but that's to be, you know, that, 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 that would obviously have to be figured out, you know, but one of the things that, you know, that remember that CBS sports.com story that came out two or three weeks ago was about Notre Dame needing 75 million bucks per year, you know, in order to get the, you know, what they would get from a TV rights deal in order to keep their independence. And um, one of the things that was mentioned in there is how NBC was looking for quote unquote shoulder programming to go along with Notre Dame football. They didn't just want to be in the Notre Dame football business for them to make the, having Notre Dame more valuable, they needed something like this. And now they have that something like this. It's going to cost them $350 million a year. But again, we're going to get to the Notre Dame piece in a second. One little detail, the Big Ten's new deal with CBS is going to start next year. That's also the last year on the deal with the SEC. So there's going to be some overlap there that CBS is going to have to figure out. You know, like we're talking about how Notre Dame and, and Big Ten and these primetime games get figured out. But that's going to be a you know something that CBS is going to have to figure out next year. Unless they do some sort of trade. Who knows the way everything goes? Like, uh, you know, in the NFL – Oh, we can give you Aikman from Fox if we get the Ohio State Notre Dame game. You know, everything's everything's up in the air, and who knows where it's going to yeah. go. It's it's really interesting that the Big Ten is on going to be on so many networks. I just don't think there's enough there 
Uh, I know they're adding USC and UCLA. Yeah, like, are there really three Big Ten games a week that are worth watching? No, <laughs> you know, like you know that on 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 national TV like that because it's one thing to have you know like a a, a low level like Maryland Rutgers or Maryland right. Iowa or whoever on ESPN at noon. You know, those are usually the games when we're driving over to the stadium. You know, that's the game that's on when you get there, and it's like okay. Little warm up yeah. for the day. It's one thing to have those kind of games, but yeah, but are there really three nationally televised games worth viewing in Big Ten football per week? I, I I agree with what you're saying. I mean, they're they're really, you know, what about four programs worth watching? Maybe four and a half, and that's it. <laughs> if that I and you know the yeah, I the mean, turnover. are you going to have Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, or Michigan State yeah. on every week? You know. And the turnover in the Big Ten hasn't been big enough. Like I'm saying, like Michigan State might have a good year, and Michigan might have a good year. Ohio State's always been a perennially good program for that conference. Even Penn State's been up and down. So the odds that all four of them are hot at the same time isn't very high. Right. And right. You can add USC and UCLA, who haven't either one of them been up in a while, and then you're going to be you know fighting against each other and playing games against each other. So it's going to be harder for one of them to vault up it you know so i just i don't think there's enough to pillage out of there to make matchups and now somebody's have to sit down and look at who's supposed to be good and this this matchup can be this week and then cbs gets this matchup next week it's just going to be all over the place yeah yeah i agree with that so there's already speculation that nbc shelling out 350 million bucks for big 10 tv rights could signal a push for notre dame to join the big 10 roll its NBC deal in and and join up. And Craig asked, do you think these TV deals force Notre Dame to join a conference? Craig, you read our mind because that was the next question we were going to get to. So what do you think, Bobby? This is, you know, like when USC and UCLA join the Big Ten, oh, Notre Dame's got to join a conference now. And now NBC has decided they're going to sign up and televise Big Ten games. So it's, oh, Notre Dame's got to join a conference now. So what do you think? Well, it's just... I wonder who's driving the bus here. Is it NBC or is it Notre Dame? Because Notre Dame needs NBC and NBC needs Notre Dame. Could you ever see a scenario where maybe Notre Dame games are on Peacock and they're going to like force you to subscribe to watch them? I don't think Not, it would come to that. I don't think it would come to where all of them or are. But all. We've but already seen a precedent where they're willing to push some games there, though. So And, and some and of Peacock, them. And then it can also be used, you know, like I said – the Big Ten also wants to do a streaming deal. Peacock could could also be a part of that. Right. I think that's a bigger issue. I I, I feel like NBC was – their only games are like one bowl game. I can't remember which bowl game it is, and Notre Dame. So if they're kind of joining a conference, I could see Notre Dame maybe being – not pushed, not forced, but I think it's looking more lucrative to them. I think it maybe well, – and who, it depends who they play out a conference and what kind of schedule they're going to be as an independent still. But again, with Notre Dame, it's not just, okay, we've got to have more money than anybody else with our TV deal. You know, just the NBC contract that they had displays that, you know, it, it, it shows that. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. What is the value of Notre Dame maintaining its independence? It goes beyond whatever the dollar amount is that they're going to get in a TV deal. And like we talked about the 75 million bucks, you know, is, is that enough? That was the report that $75 million 
is the asking price right now. And we've got a, a super chat from Corey Flynn. Pete Sampson tweet CBS is expected to pay in the $350 million per year neighborhood for the 330 Big Ten games, according to sources, $75 million too low. And that's kind of, you know, we were just talking about that already, that that the C, yeah, this CBS is going to be locked in with the Big Ten for a 3.30 Eastern time game every week. And yes, their package is going to cost $350 million. You know, and like, if you want to, you know, parse this whole thing out, you know, like with the value and all that kind of stuff, what it comes down to, like NBC getting this, this Big Ten deal to, to, to televise Big Ten games in primetime, that's basically going to alternate between the number two and number three Big Ten game every week. So NBC is paying $350 million for, you know, on average, what what does that come out to? You know, the the, the two and a half game per week, you know, like sometimes it's going to be the third best game of the week. Sometimes it's going to be the second best game of the week. But, you know, so if NBC is willing to shell out $350 million a year to get what is half the time going to be the third best Big Ten game of the week. To me, that says that $75 million is too low. That you know that 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 there is much more value in Notre Dame's seven home games. You know, not all of them are going to be great, but you know, you are That's going it. to have you are going to have Clemson, you know, you're you're gonna have your Ohio States and and you know, these kind of games rolling through you're going to get some higher profile games it, i think that they're they're going they're they're going to end up with at least 100 million out of this and the other aspect of this too is don't forget that it's not just nbc we're talking about because you know there's there's been talk that fox you know fox has the big noon game but they've got the rest of the day where they can have some inventory so who's to say that they don't want in the Notre Dame business and if you get Two entities bidding against each bidding other. That's just yeah, that's we've talked about it before. It's just going to drive the price up. Sure, it's a uh, it's you know have two gas stations on the same intersection. If one's a few cents cheaper, they're going to drive everybody to go there instead. I I wonder though because like you said, you brought it up, and I think the key point in this is scheduling. Notre Dame is kind of guaranteed one marquee matchup a year from the ACC that they selectively pick, kinda. And I think that that's where the that's where the value is. If it depends who Notre Dame's playing, if they bring back these out of conference matchups against big programs, big rivalries, stuff like that, sure. But like this year, do you think UNLV's like would as a network? Do you want to pay all that money when you're going up against a Michigan versus Ohio State game potentially at the same exact time on a different network? So the value of the contract now, the way that it's starting to fall, I almost think. You either have to have more marquee matchups, which would help them make the playoff, make it more viable. But I can't see them playing at 2.30 or 3.30 once this contract goes against UNLV. Who, and thinking, who, who are we talking about? Who are we Notre talking Dame. about? Okay. I'm saying Notre Dame playing at 3.30 against UNLV at home. So it's on NBC. And at right. 3.30 on CBS, they could have a big Big 12 ga- or Big 10 game for the weekend. So what's the value to NBC at that point? when they know that anybody outside of the Notre Dame fandom is going to be watching the other game well, on the other channel. But I mean, they've, th- that, that issue has already been there when CBS has televised SEC games, you know, there was always a chance sure. that there would be, you know, a better game on, on another station, you know, but at, at the same time, again, like when you're looking at the value of what NBC is getting out of this at 350 million bucks for a primetime game, you know, it could be, 
Iowa-Michigan State as your primetime game, for example. Now, you know, that's that's not a bad Nice game, little matchup. But, yeah. is it, but is it really any more attractive than Notre Dame and North Carolina, potentially? You no, know? I think that's a, that's a great example because th- those are the games I think that – that would almost have to become Notre Dame's baseline, though. Um, the way it's gone, you think that Notre Dame Tennessee State game, like it's a bad look right now to have that on your schedule when you're going into mm. these negotiations. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and you know, you've added MAC opponents because up until, well, I guess it's been 10 years now, but like Western Michigan, I think, was the first MAC opponent. So it depends what you're scheduling in terms of your independence and what ACC games you have at home. And I think well, that's more. That's gonna that's gonna matter more. I know what you're saying that they've already been competing, but I'm saying the gap between the good and the bad in college football is about to be even more of a gap. So at that point, you have to schedule as much of the upper stuff as you can, and that might mean Notre Dame versus Michigan State or Notre Dame versus I don't know who else, Oklahoma State or something like that. You're gonna have to have a couple more matchups that aren't those cake-up layups, and especially with the way the playoff is, until it expands, well, you need more of those key wins. I understand what you're saying week to week, but but again, you know, and having some of these less-than-marquee matchups, definitely, you know, Marshall, UNLV, that's not doing anything for anybody. But at the same time, what those do is help add up to a Notre Dame team that in November, when, you know, sweeps come around and, and all that stuff by November they're in college football playoff contention so if you do have a Clemson game or that you know I guess USC would never be in November at least right now under the current configuration you know those kind of mm-hmm. games that it, it, it gives those games a little bit more juice if they're in playoff contention at the end of the season you know so that's I, I think part of it as well it'd be interesting and you guys in the chat can answer we we see it but would you rather watch, you know, a Michigan State Iowa matchup or as a Notre Dame fan, which I assume most of the people are that they're here, would you rather watch Notre Dame versus a North Carolina is a good matchup. I wouldn't I wouldn't call that one a, a toss yeah. up, but Notre Dame versus a lesser opponent because you know at halftime it's going to be 35 to no, or you hope it's 35 nothing. What up Toledo game? <laughs> but, um, you know, so maybe you watch at the beginning just to see how Notre Dame's going and their quarterback or their how, their defense, whatever question mark you had for the week. Or, But then at halftime, are you going to come back to that game and watch it? Or are you going to stay on the other network and watch a 17-14 to, to 14 Iowa-Michigan State game going in the fourth quarter? Well, but again, so it really those, breaks down to what's their fan base, every... what's the Big Ten fan base kind of. Those games on paper can look good going in, but those games have every – you know, chance to turn into stinkers as well. Sure. You know, they're, they're, you know, the only, oh, they have. <laughs> there, the only difference there is their conference games. So, you know, for, if you're in a conference, obviously that means a little more. Another super chat from Corey Flynn correction on the previous super chat weight of CBS paying 350 million for 13 good big 10 games. How much would seven Notre Dame home games be worth? 75 million seems too low to me again, a lot to unpack. And that's, you know, again, I, 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 I said it. I think Notre Dame is in really good shape to get north of a hundred million dollars now from NBC because you know, like I'll read Jack Swarbrick. I don't know if you saw these quotes from Jack Swarbrick. He did a live chat via Notre Dame last night, and a couple of the things that he said in the in with you know when asked about this thing is quote We need NBC to have more college football to more effectively promote our games 
and to talk about our games and to have NBC be seen in that light. So that was great for us. And yeah, so what they're saying is now NBC is moving into the college football business. They've got NFL Sunday night football. They've got, you know, their Sunday night NFL show. They've had Notre Dame football, but what that's meant is about every other week, they don't have anything. And so now they have a chance to have college football every Saturday. And some Saturdays you're going to have a big 10 Notre Dame doubleheader. So that is a lot of value. And again, to me, and, you know, like John Orand kind of listening and seeing some of the stuff that he said as well, $100 million is a, a pretty good value for NBC if that's what it ends up being, or Fox or whoever it ends up being, $100 million bucks a year to pay Notre Dame because of the fact that now you can you have Notre Dame and you have the Big Ten in there. And who's to say that, that ESPN might not even, you know, try to get into the sweepstakes as well. One thing John Oran said, and this was interesting to me, because like you're talking about the quality of the games, basically. What he was saying, it, you know, and again, John Oran is from the Sports Business Journal. He was the first one to report all this, just, you know, because I know not everyone follows it. But he was saying, if anything, maybe this gives Notre Dame more incentive, you know, like when you're negotiating with NBC or whoever, to now, you know, you, you know, you, you're only playing Michigan. What is it like, you know, once, once in 12 or 15 years or whatever it is, you know, to try to get more Michigan's and Penn States or Michigan state series back on the schedule, because now if you're NBC, you get that home and home, you know, you can, you know, you potentially get it when it's on the road one year and when it's at Notre Dame, the next, and, and obviously those brand names are more in the ballpark with what you were talking about earlier than with UNLV and, you know, Marshall and Western Michigan and those kind of schools. Yeah, and it, and I, we're talking about this and we're allowed to have different opinions, you know, and everybody in the chat is saying pretty much they'd watch the Notre Dame game over, you know, a Big Ten, even if it was a pretty good rank first rank game, <laughs> which I understand. That's why I asked. Just wanted to make sure. But, Hang you know, a second. Well, I apologize. I talk with my hands too much. I'm putting my fingers in front of the camera too much and blocking. My, I don't know about distinguished face, but I'll try not to put my hands up so much. <laughs> I don't know. When, when I can't see Sean, well, that's Bobby, my favorite version of Sean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. But so this all really depends on, and it, it's a fantasy thing really at this point, because of the like I brought it up earlier, but the way everything across the board is changing, it's so hard to say what the right move is. And these networks are taking risks. And now NBC, whether you like it or not, they're going <laughs> to, they're going to keep getting a bigger profile on college football. Yes. And that's really what they need. And, that's what they and that, want. And again, so that's, like good for Notre Dame. Game, that's good for Notre Dame. So like, I'm just going to say in that big 10 game, what promo are they going to run in that break? The Notre Dame matchup coming up after their go. game there or you go. like if Notre Dame is playing North or Carolina at 730. Yeah, yeah. Or, or at, the, you know, they can cross promote and it's going to work out well for NBC. I think that, it strengthens the relationship between NBC and Notre Dame on some yes. level because of that, because there's more places to play it in front of eyeballs that are already in front of that product. So it's not a rally cross race with a Notre Dame promo. It's a Big Ten football game with a Notre Dame promo. And especially once you get through the season and a conference season, there's a lot of eyeballs on that product. And it's only going to help, which should strengthen their value and what they could demand in the free market. Yeah. And you know, you were talking about NFL and, and stuff like, you know, like when you look at these windows, because again, it's going to be Fox is going to have the big 10 game at noon. 
CBS is going to have the Big Ten game at 3.30, and then NBC has the primetime game. And again, how that affects, you know, like negotiate, you know, basically what? Notre Dame has a couple of home primetime games per year. So, like, if if assuming it gets renewed with Notre Dame, I think you, you know, can negotiate, you know, and, and kind of move some things around, you know, so that Notre Dame gets a couple of primetime games as well. But my point is, like, from the Big Ten's perspective, Kevin Warren has a an NFL background. And, you know, this is basically the Big Ten is going to have like what an NFL Sunday looks like. You've got three windows and multiple networks, and you're going to have your games on all networks uh, across the country because it's all on broadcast TV. Right. And that's what you want. And that's, yeah. I think, the, you know, we talk about Notre Dame's value and what they should get, like, I don't know, but what I think who the real winner is is the fan of college football. There's going to be more football to watch. They're going to pull away more matchups, so they're not all grouped in the evening window. You're going to like Fox did a good job pulling the big noon kickoff, and we're going to see what happens from there. And just and like you know, you can have the best matchup on paper and the best schedule, and you still don't know how that season's going to go. Right. So when you talk about how much money is being thrown at stuff, 2016. People are really investing. The the networks are really investing a lot of money, hoping that that it all turns out good. Oh, there you go. We went from pizza to uh, some bad stuff in the chat. Uh, (laughs) No, but I I think that Notre Dame Notre Dame's probably still viable option as an independent. It'll be interesting too to see if they ever decide to leave the ACC for the Big Ten and kind of the same deal that they have. Right. Uh, you know, when we were talking, if we were to talk about this before they joined the ACC, it's one foot in or one foot out or one, two feet in or two. You didn't think they could do both and they did both. So could they just have that same kind of tie with the Big Ten? So they're not completely in, but they still get all the benefits and they still have their own independence away from it. I think that that's another option that should be discussed at least because well, we wouldn't have thought that with the ACC was possible to only have five matchups. I'm tying my my hands behind my head so that I don't talk with my hands when I'm talking to you, Bobby. Let's go back to the original question because I don't know. I, I'm sure maybe you kind of answered it in there someplace. <laughs> Do you think that this, you know, NBC getting into the Big Ten business, do you think it makes it more or less likely that Notre Dame is ultimately going to join up with the Big Ten? I kind of think less likely because I think that they're still going to have their independence and they're still going to be able to tie in and use the Big Ten. Um, NBC, this is. NBC's going to use the Big Ten. NBC's going to use Notre Dame's independence. And it works out for them kind of both ways because, like you said, or everybody said in the chat, you're going to watch the Notre Dame game and then there's going to be a Big Ten game after. And if you haven't switched a channel, then you get hooked in the next game, you're already going to be watching it. Or vice versa, you watch the end of the Big Ten, you're watching Notre Dame now. Right. So I think that like NBC is going to get the best of both worlds, which is good for Notre Dame to be separate. Because if Notre Dame joins that conference, now they're just one of the matchups for the week, and they could be on any network, and it doesn't really benefit yeah. NBC and the big national audience that Notre Dame is. Yeah. And, you know, again, I think that it's not just going to be NBC bidding on this. I think the other network, CBS and Fox, I think can could both be – in play on this. And, you know, you, again, you've got a bidding war and that helps out Notre Dame in that perspective. I think that their first choice would be to stay with NBC. And, you know, because of the fact that they have a 30 year relationship, you know, it, it, and I'm not saying 
this for a fact, but I'm just saying because of that existing relationship and because of how it has worked out over the years that, you know, they might be willing to even, you know, take, you know, like say Fox bids an extra 10 million or something like that. I, I wouldn't say that that's a deal breaker probably for NBC because of, of the way this relationship has existed and, and worked out over well, the last Look at years. NBC is the only one in this group that had that in this agreement. Now I'm starting to do the Sean. Um, they're the only ones in this agreement that, that have a side piece. Notre Dame is that piece. And that's a very powerful piece. Like the big, like the Fox, they don't have USC games or, you know, they're, well, Notre they're Dame, <laughs> well, Notre Dame and NBC are the only ones that have something on top of what they already agreed to in the big 10. So they might be locked into just these big 10 matchups on all these other networks, but NBC will still have the availability to put a Notre Dame game on. And some of those matchups, especially a home matchup against the ACC is going to make NBC even more valuable. Whereas if Notre Dame, as long as Notre Dame's independent, they can still do that. Right. And, you know, Jack Swarbrick also reiterated last night in that chat, the three things that we've talked about before, what Notre Dame needs to maintain its independence. And that is the TV, you know, slash media contract, the path to the college football playoff and a spot for the Olympic sports. And they have, as of right now, they have all three. The TV thing is going to be the, you know, the, the first thing that's probably going to be negotiated. And obviously the college football playoff, that's going to, you know, I, I think it's going to be expanded. We'll find out exactly where that goes, but it would be interesting if, you know, like what made me think of this was the Olympic sports, because right now, obviously the home, is the ACC and they've got this TV contract that runs for another 15 years, you know, as part of that deal except for hockey, ACC, just like the, well, right. Except which is the big 10, obviously, but, but, um, you know, like if, if Notre Dame, you know, like didn't necessarily join the big 10 full fledged, but if either, you know, one of these, you know, like NBC was willing to help buy out that contract, <laughs> And, you know, there's some kind of partial agreement, you know, that is similar with the Big Ten. So now you're scheduling these Big Ten games. And again, it helps everybody out because the NBC's, you know, NBC's got big the Big Ten and they've got Notre Dame. And then you've potentially got Notre Dame playing more Big Ten teams like they used to, as opposed to all these ACC teams, which really have not done much from a ratings perspective. No, and part of it too, though, depending on the matchup Notre Dame has, you know, you're going to get some viewers that just tune in to watch Notre Dame lose. That's how polarizing that program is. And that's got to matter too, I think a little bit. Maybe it's not a driving force behind a $100 million contract, but Notre Dame is just so polarizing. Everybody knows them and everybody knows what where Notre Dame is, what they are. And not a lot of programs have that. And I, I keep going back to that's why they're independent. That's why they've been independent. So you talk about matchups, you talk about their value. It's just it's crazy to me to see like they can still play those Big Ten matchups. It's also not saying that they can't play a Michigan again or someone or Wisconsin or whoever, right. Penn State. So it just continues to prove to me that like and I was on I was on the boat earlier that they should join a conference. And now I'm just thinking, why would they? They can already do everything that a conference team can do if they do it right. They have to do it right. Yeah, they have to continue to schedule properly. Maybe even just an uptick on that. But other than that, they're that they still have that national value, and 
that's why we can talk about this for it's been 45 minutes because they are Notre Dame. You wouldn't be talking about if Tennessee could be a national brand or if they should, if CBS should just buy the Tennessee Vols games, you know, or if they should join the, the SEC for only five games here. It's Notre Dame. They're the they're the straw that mixes the drink. They're the ones yeah. when Notre Dame's better, college football is better. Again, for multiple reasons. Most of the pundits on ESPN don't want to talk about Notre Dame because they're SEC bias. They, but the fact that they want to put down Notre Dame shows that Notre Dame's still relevant, which is a term from what was it ten years ago. But well, just just what they still are and what they can still be. There's no reason for them to join a conference, and I think that NBC has structured their position themselves in a way that it still makes value for both sides that Notre Dame's independent. I can tell you haven't talked for two weeks, Bobby. It's like you're just you've got all this pent up aggression. You came in, you came in hot, you came in ready to go. You're mm-hmm. just firing on all cylinders right now. But I'm you taking that as about- a compliment. <laughs> That's, every bit of it's a compliment. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, you talked about relevance, and that's something else that Jack Swarbrick talked about in that chat last night when he was asked about conference realignment. Quote, I don't know if we'll be stronger, but it certainly has felt like a validation of our decision to be independent when I started this job. All the commentary was, are we relevant? This year, no one's asking that, end quote. And he's right. They haven't been asking it for a while. You know, and again, it goes back to, like, not every one of those matchups might be completely sexy for TV. You might get one or two truly sexy matchups per season. You know, and like even, you know, again, like Notre Dame, North Carolina, wasn't necessarily a sexy matchup, even though you had an NFL quarterback, Sam Howell, and Notre Dame and all that stuff, but it sure turned into an exciting game last year, you know, the way the whole thing played out. But yeah, I, you know, get, but, but my point was again, going to be like, even though not all these matchups are sexy, the cum effect is you're winning these games and it puts you into the conversation late in the season where you are at least in the college football playoff conversation. So you're winning those games. It puts you there. And, you know, and again, that helps make some of these late season games potentially at least as attractive, if not more attractive than some of the counterparts, you know, they're going to end up on on some of the other networks. Well, and that's where Notre Dame, they they have the burden to make themselves stay relevant with their matchups and who they schedule. Because you how many how many marquee matchups does Alabama have each year? Maybe two, Texas A&M and Auburn. Right. So. So, you know, you talk about just the SEC blindly, just because they're 8-0, that 
they haven't played a team that's going to have more than three wins at the end at that point. You, know, you have Tennessee, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, two non-conference schmooze fest, and all of a sudden they look like they're an unstoppable program. Notre Dame is the one that can't dip down to that level because if they take a few weeks for their you know, playing a bye week, which like playing Wooford or something like Alabama does, <laughs> those aren't marquee matchups every week either. And that's why those programs have to be part of a conference for the television. Whereas Notre Dame is they, the only ones that can go out on their own and be that program that everybody wants to watch every single week against whatever opponent, because they've been doing a good job of scheduling those opponents. They just got it. I just, I keep going back to that, but that's huge. Cause like, like I say, all these other conference teams, for the most part, how many marquee matchups does any other team have? It's it's less than five for sure. You know, maybe one non-conference and three good ones in your conference. And other than that, Notre Dame has to have the burden right. on them every year to put a good schedule together, which they've been doing. And when they have to play their lesser opponents, they're still going to be close to power five opponents and or whatever we're going to call it moving forward because it won't be power five anymore. Yeah. But it's just it's crazy to me how Notre Dame can still pull this off and they do it in such a great way, strategic way that makes them who they are, makes them Notre Dame. Yep. I still think they're in good shape. And it, it in by in good shape, I mean, you know, again, they were talking about that 75 million. I think they're in really good shape to potentially get a hundred million plus per year. And if they get a hundred, what's your cut of that? <laughs> a big goose egg. I can't talk with my hand, so I got to keep the goose egg back here. Remember, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff helps out the Irish <laughs> breakdown channels. I don't know what you're like, what you're laughing about. That's the comment that already called it out. Hit like, oh, subscribe okay. to the notification. There you go. <laughs> Boom. He knew what I was going to say before I said it. Boom. Yep. <laughs> and with that, we'll talk to you next week. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.